0: This series is Reading Junior Classics, this is Volume 1, Fairy and Wonder Tales, and we will be reading Why the Woodpecker Has Red Head Feathers, adapted by H.R. Schoolcraft. When his wounds had all been cured by his grandmother's skill in medicine, Manziboe, as big and as sturdy as ever, was ripe for new adventures. He set his thoughts immediately upon a war excursion against the Pearl Feather, a wicked old manito living on the other side of the great lake, who had killed his grandfather. He began his preparations by marking, making huge bows and arrows without number, but until he had no arrowhead, at last his grandmother, Noko, told him that an old man who lived at some distance, could furnish him with some, and he set her to get them. Though she returned with her wrapper full, he told her that he had not enough to send, and sent her again for more. In the meantime, he thought to himself, I must find out the way of making these heads. Instead of directly asking how it was done, he preferred, just like Manzabo, to deceive his grandmother in order to learn what he wanted by a trick. Noko, he said, while I take my drum and rattle, and sing my war songs, do you go and try to get me some larger heads, for these you have brought me are all the same size. Go and see whether the old man is not willing to make some a little larger. He followed her at a distance as she went, having left his drum at the lodge, with a great bird tied at the top, whose fluttering wings would keep up the drumbeat, the same as if he were standing there beating the drum himself. He saw the old workman busy and learned how he prepared the heads. He almost beheld the old man's daughter, who was very beautiful. Mansbo discovered for the first time that he had a heart of his own, and the sleigh he And the sigh he heaved passed through the arrow-maker's lodge like a young gale of wind my how it blows said the old man it must be from the south though said the daughter it's so fragrant Manzibo slipped away and in two strides he was at home shouting forth his songs as though he had never left the lodge he had just time to untie the bird which had been beating the drum when his grandmother came in, and gave him the big arrowheads. In the evening, the grandmother said, My son, you ought to fast before you go to war, as your brothers do, to find out whether you will become successful or not. He said he had no objection, having privately stored away in a shady place in the forest two or Three dozen juicy bears, a moose, twenty strings of the tenderest birds, he could uh, he could retire from the lodge so far as to be entirely out of view of his grandmother and fall to and enjoy himself heartily. At nightfall, having dispatched a dozen birds and half a bear or so, he would return toitering and forlorn, as if quite famished, so as to make his grandmother feel sorry for him, when he had finished his stern, his term of fasting, in the course of which he slyly dispatched twenty fat bears, six dozen birds, two fine moose, manzabo slung his war song, sung his war song, and embarked in his canoe, fully prepared for war. Besides his weapons, he took along a shaped a large supply of oil he traveled rapidly night and day and for he had only to will or speak and the canoe went at length he arrived in sight of the fairy serpents and stopped to study them he noticed that they were enormous were of enormous length and of a bright color that they were some distant apart and that the flames which poured forth from the mouth reached across the pass so he said good morning and began talking with them in a very friendly way they were not to be deceived however we know you manzibo they said you cannot pass turning his canoe as if about to go back he suddenly cried out with a loud and terrified voice what's that behind you the serpents thrown off their guards instantly turned their heads and in a moment Manzibo silently glided past them. Well, said he softly, after he had gotten by, how about it? He then took up his bow and arrows, and with deliberate aim shot every one of them easily, for the serpents were fixed to one spot, and could not even turn around. Having thus escaped the sentinel serpents, Manzibo pushed on in his canoe, until he came to a part of the lake called Pitchwater, as whatever touched it was sure to stick fast. But Manzabo had prepared with his oil and rubbing his canoe freely with it. From end to end, he slipped through with ease. He was the first person who had ever succeeded in passing through Pitchwater. Nothing like a little oil, said Manzabo to himself, having by this time come into Come in view of land, he could see the lodge of the shining Manitou, high upon a distant hill. At the dawn of day he put his clubs and arrows in order and began his attack, yelling and shouting and beating his drum, and calling out so as to make it appear that he had many followers. Surround him, surround him, run up, run up. He stalked bravely forward, shouting aloud, it was you that killed my grandfather and shot off a whole forest of arrows the pearl feather appeared on the height blazing like a sun and paid back manzebo with a tempest of bolts which rattled like hail all day long the fight was kept up and manzibo had fired all of his arrows but three without effect for the shining manitou was clothed in pure in pure wamput it was only by immense leaps to right and left that Manzabo could save his head from the sturdy blow which fell about him on every side like pine trees from the hands of Manitou he was badly bruised and at this very wood's end when he a large when a large woodpecker flew past and lit on a tree it was a bird he had known on the prairie near his grandmother's lodge Mansabo called out the woodpecker, "Your enemy has a weak point. Shoot at the lock on his hair. Shoot at the lock of hair on the crown of his head." The first arrow he shot only drew a few drops of blood. The manito made one or two unsteady steps, but recovered himself. He began to parley, but Mansabo, now that he had discovered a way to reach him, was in no reach him was in no humour to trifle, and he let slip another arrow which brought the shining manito to his knees. Having the crown of his head within good range, Manzebo shot his third arrow, and the manito fell forward upon the ground dead. Manzebo called the woodpecker to come and receive a reward for the timely hint he had given him, and He rubbed the blood of the shining manito on the woodpecker's head, the feathers of which are red to this day. Full of his victory, Manzabo returned home, beating his war drum furiously and shouting aloud his his song of triumph. His grandmother was on the shore to welcome him with the war dance, which she performed with wonderful skill for one so far advanced in years.